Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 182. Filming this live Friday afternoon. That's May 16th, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in a drenched Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Where's, where's Noah when we need it? I, we are sinking in water, flooding everywhere, <laughs> torrential downpour. We missed our, we had one day of summer. It was hot yesterday, it's freezing today. That's my story. With me as always, from the center of the known universe. Yeah, it's Asif Khan uh, back in Toronto from the Location-Based Marketing Association here. Uh, and I do have a little bit of a tan, Rob, right there. You That's the arm tan. tan. The farmer's tan is here. You have an arm uh, tan. <laughs> <laughs> is that just that's the only thing you basically can only stick your hands out of the car as you were driving around in spain i don't know i've just i only sat on a patio for like two hours and uh on thursday so and you got an arm tan yeah apparently i love it, I love it. yeah well <laughs> welcome back welcome back i know it was a, a long process for you to get back into the city but uh but spain was good Spain was great. Uh, the Solomo Summit, which is uh, the reason I was there, and, and the official uh, launch of the Madrid chapter, phenomenal uh, success all around. Uh, we're doing another one uh, as a result of it in the fall. Uh, in Spain we'll again? Up, uh, yeah, in Barcelona this time. Wow. Uh, and uh, we also um, got, uh, we're working on, on, on being part of a, um, we were asked by one of the big agencies, JWT, to uh, Put together some content for next year's um, El Sol uh, conference, which is uh, sort of the Latin American version of Con. Nice. Um, so all the advertising industry around that. So that'll be interesting, and, and that's in Spain as well. It's in uh, Bilbao. So lots going on, and we met great companies. Mastercard um, was there. Uh, Ernst and Young, uh, Reebok, Coca-Cola, Telefonica. Uh, so I got a chance to talk to a lot of folks, a lot of great folks, and uh, connect with them. So excited about that. And one startup I had a meeting with, just totally random, by the way, um, you know, Twitter does work, people. And uh, so, so this guy, uh, his name is Borja, um, sent me a note on Twitter saying, hey, uh, are you still in Madrid kind of thing? And he wasn't at the conference. Didn't They didn't even know about the conference. Uh, the conference had already finished. And... Um, I was I was going to be leaving uh, the next morning, kind of thing, and uh, I get this note on Twitter. You know, are you available? Can you meet? And, you know, I sit down with my CEO, and and we want to. Basically, I didn't know what it was, and so I said, yeah, sure. Um, you know, let's do this time. So we you know we sat down, and and he brought this demo and showed me their 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 product. It's called the company's called Beam Ray. Uh, it's one word. Gonna gonna get these guys on the show at some we point. We could name. Um, and they're kind of like the way I described it to them is uh, like the urban airship of Spain. Nice. Uh, so they built this kind of geo-targeted push platform. Um, really, really cool. Got some great clients they're working with, including uh, Mahao, the big beer uh, brand over there, uh, the Madrid beer uh, brand. Um, their version of Heineken, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, Beam Ray. Beam Ray Love against it. urban airship. There's a yeah. Battle. There you go. Uh, watch for it, people. Watch for it. Beam um, anyhow, so yeah, I met, met a lot of great companies and uh, excited about uh, you know where things are going to go. So. And got an arm tan. Maybe you'll go back and be able to finish got off. Got an the arm tan. tan. Yeah. And you know how like um, Oreo at, at South by Southwest had had the uh, the 3D printing machine for Oreo. Yeah. Well, not quite as cool, but you know, still same company Mondelez here. 
uh, Milka, which is you know the the European version or or the at least in that part of the world uh, version of Cadbury. Um, they had at the show there was like some some booths and some companies showing stuff, and they had a uh, a vending machine for Milka. And um, it just had a digital screen on the front of it, and it had like um, basically a digital, uh, like a keyboard and a and a and a Twitter box. And so you went into this thing, and you had to like basically send a tweet uh, from the machine that would get posted, you know, as part of the co uh, conference um, comments on Twitter. And uh, if you did that, then you, you basically got free chocolate bars, and so people were tweeting all like crazy. And I, I thought I was, was waiting. I was waiting for the punchline, like they printed chocolate. Like they've invented that. They didn't print chocolate, but it was pretty cool. I've never had okay a chocolate bar that was inside of it was an Oreo cookie and then covered in in like you know milk uh, you know milk chocolate. Awesome, mm. awesome people. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sure that's really good for you too. It's really good for it's you. It's really yeah. good for you. It's like deep fried, yeah, Oreo cookies, <laughs> chocolate. But anyhow, yeah, French fries. Uh, really, really good. Enjoyed it. Looking forward to uh, to the next uh, the next trip. Wicked. So, what's going on? When is the next trip for you? You're, you've got some stuff going on with the LBMA. We do. We got a couple of big events coming up. Uh, on June the third is the Street Fight Summit uh, out in San Francisco. On the fourth uh, is the launch, the official launch of the LBMA Chicago chapter. Um, so, obviously, that's in Chicago in the evening of the fourth. Um, we've got some good speakers there, uh, including Creighton Barrel has just agreed to uh, to join the panel. So that'll be uh, interesting. And uh, on the 18th is the LBMA New York's uh, luxury and location uh, meeting, and uh, so that's that's all coming. Exciting Sweet. times! Oh, sorry, and one more uh, I forgot on the um, uh, this month. Uh, yes, it's still May, people. It is still May. Uh, it is still May. Uh, this month on the 28th uh, of May uh, in San Francisco is something called the Now Moment Conference. LBMA. Uh, and Silicon Vikings are putting this thing on, uh, our, our San Francisco chapter. Uh, and it's looking at indoor location and wearables uh, in particular, those two things. So, yeah. 28th. Lots going on. Holy cow. I just got one little thing next week. Uh, in fact, this week, if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I'm leaving today um, for a uh, for Amsterdam, for the Mobile Convention Amsterdam. Go to mobileconventionamsterdam.nl, May 22nd. I'll be there the whole day. Be there the 21st and a little bit on the 23rd. But if you are there, just like a thief, reach out. Twitter, I don't care, at Rob Woodbridge or Robin on Tether.tv. I'd love to connect with you if I've got some time while I'm in Amsterdam. But if not, come and see me at the mobile convention, Amsterdam.nl. That's it. That's the, that's the conference. One day only on the 27th. There you go. Yeah, and while Rob's over there, I will be back working on the TAN again. Um, not an official LBMA event, so that's why I wasn't mentioning it. But uh, I'll be in Panama. Panama City, Panama, um, speaking at a uh, meeting of the international uh, legislation bodies from all the countries around the world that set competition policy and, and, and such. And um, anyway, so if you're somehow in Panama and you listen to this show, uh, also open invite to, uh, to reach out to me and, uh, and come meet up. What a busy week. Speaking yeah. of busy weeks, there was one. There was one with there an amazing one. amount of news that have uh, filtered through. We got some great stories from some of the big brands, and we're going to obviously spend a little bit of time going over the top ten stories of the week, and then taking three of those stories and looking at the concepts and uh, kind of elevating them so that we can have a big, broad discussion on the impact of some of these stories. So, what do you say we jump into the top ten stories of the Let's week? Let's do it. Steve? Let's do it. You take number one this time. 
All right. So uh, the first story this week is uh, about a well-known uh, retail brand, uh, especially if you live in the UK, called Weight Rose. Um, and, uh, you know, brought these guys out because we, I don't think we talk about these guys too much on the show. We talk a lot about Tesco and folks like that. But here we are, another big, powerful British retailer. Um, and I like this story because it's a story about them uh, coming out and saying, hey, look, we, we, we're investing in digital. We, we think, uh, you know, mobile and location technologies are really important. And we're going full, full, full bore into it. Um, and uh, we're blending tablets. We're putting indoor location. And we're, uh, you know, putting in digital screens, closed circuit TV, a whole bunch of things all kind of all working together. And, and so, so I'm really, I, you know, I think this is cool. Uh, the tablet piece is basically uh, providing, you know, product information uh, to folks. Um, the, uh, you know, the geolocation piece is obviously the indoor location piece. They want to send alerts and messages, as we've talked about uh, numerous times, to people based on where they are in the store and, and obviously get some, some traffic analytics data. And then they're doing digital screens uh, on, on sort of kind of two fronts. They've got these sort of small screens in actual aisles, um, you know, on actual shelves. Where the, one example they gave is is, is uh, like you know in the wine section of the store they'll put up a, uh, a transparent digital screen with with content you know flowing on it to get people interested but the wine's actually hidden behind mm -hmm. the screen um, and stuff like that so you know it's all about drawing more you know people's interest to this by using digital technologies in that and then obviously they're doing sort of a Walmart like uh, closed circuit TV in their cafe with offers and, and information about products they want to push and so they're tying all this kind of stuff together and linking it you know obviously being mobile and location being the thing that ties it all together the cookie that's crazy it's a uh, that's a lot to undertake in one initiative it's basically yeah. everything that we talk about all yeah. at once so i mean it probably took them forever to get approval right yeah, for this stuff and they said look hey we're just gonna put it all in one and your budget do it. 20 grand budget done go well that's the first story weight rose and that's a big project. That is a big project. Big, big project. Speaking of big projects, uh, you know, speaking of big industries, really, our second story focuses on Motorola Solutions and their launch of their unified indoor location platform called Impact. Look at these names, eh? Somebody's got to hire a marketing firm to be able to come up with better <laughs> names than this. You're Motorola, damn it. Anyways, the, the, the product is called Impact, and this is uh, aimed at uh, mobile marketing and bricks in mortar store. This is their indoor location, uses uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to engage with shoppers while they're in the aisle, sending them coupons and maybe actually helping them out if they need some assistance, you know, direct a call or getting somebody to come to the aisle, whatever it might be. There are three levels of location services, presence, zone, and position. It's all using the technologies that I mentioned before. It's all it is is to help pinpoint the exact location of the customer, devi their device, not the customer, but the device, which usually is with the customer anyways, in relation to the merchandise they're looking at. Uh, this is a collaboration among four uh, vendors, including aisle 411 for indoor maps, the yep. local point service from Digby, which we talked about. And it's interesting that Funware is also involved in this. And, you know, yep. we talked about Funware acquiring Digby last week. So Funware is providing a turnkey uh, multi-screen solution and Swirl using their uh, Beacon uh, marketing platform. So that allows retailers to deliver nice. relevant mobile content to consumers as they shop. Good. It, and all this... Yeah, it's neat because a lot of those guys are, are members of the association. So it's I love when I see these guys kind of all coming together, working together to make it happen. It's the perfect story. You know, Motorola, isn't it? it's, you know, it's about time we heard from Motorola, right? I mean, on the on this stuff because you know we we keep talking about Qualcomm and Qualcomm's going crazy. I mean, like yeah. spun off Gimbal as a separate company because yeah. it's so successful. So you know they got their AR company going. They got their I mean, it's it's yeah. So 
They're, they're doing fine, but it's 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 it's, it's, Motorola. it's about Ready time Motorola. Motorola solutions. But it's none of this is their technology. It's just the you know they're leveraging all their partners to be able to bring this in their marketing cloud. Yeah, obviously. So all they're trying to do is help retailers improve the in-store customer engagement. But I would also hearken, you know, there's this thing called a human. And if you put them in the aisles with people, humans are good when it comes to customer uh, engagement. Just just saying, humans, don't forget the humans. That's our second All right. Story. Go ahead. Okay. All right, our third story uh, is, is a technology story with a, uh, a future, um, you know, implementation piece that's uh, been highlighted here. And this is about the concept of what we could call quantum positioning. Uh, I'm lost and, already. Uh, and in particular being tied to uh, the British Navy. So what's happening here is is GPS, uh, we know it has its limitations uh, in terms of its, its accuracy and its ability to uh, to tell us where where you are right now, um, down to you know you know finite levels, and that's why we've got things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and other technologies. But in particular, when you're looking at submarines, uh, which the British Navy is concerned about, GPS is useless because it doesn't work underwater. Um, and maybe you know when you have planes sitting at the bottom of the ocean, also uh, a bit of a problem, uh, Malaysian Airlines. But um, we have this thing now called quantum positioning that uh, scientists have been working on for a while. It's a new way to do uh, tracking uh, focused on the accelerometer that we have in our smartphones today, but uh, in a, in, at a whole new level of accuracy. So basically what, what, what they've come up with is, is they use supercooled atoms that are trapped by lasers, and they can track movements with an accuracy that's a thousand times better than GPS. Okay, a thousand times better than what GPS can do today, and you know I was excited when I saw this because I mean I mean so so the so the British Navy has has agreed to uh, deploy this in a submarine that's going to be uh, sailing in 2016. So it's being built now. Uh, it's being incorporated in, into this this future sub, um, and this is exciting stuff because you know one day this could be in our smartphones. They're talking about five six years out, um, you know, before we get this into our smartphones. But the level of accuracy that we're going to have here is is uh, is insane. Um, you know, and, and, and I remember, I quickly um, harken back to, um, I went uh, last year, last fall, you might remember, Rob, to speak at this conference on, on the Hill in, in D.C., and it was a Future of Space conference, and on the panel was, you know, me, the CEO of Lockheed Martin, uh, three-star general, and head of NASA, and all we were talking about was, you know, the next generation of satellites and how much better that's going to be. But here we are. This stuff is like a thousand times better than anything these guys are putting into space. It's crazy. Super cooled atoms and lasers. Yeah. That's crazy. There you go. Quantum positioning. <laughs> quantum positioning. All right. What happens if those lasers escape or the super cooled atoms, you know, oh, yeah. warm up a little bit? Uh, all right. I, were, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that because I don't really understand it. It's just neat. It's just neat. It's just neat. I don't understand GPS either, right? The fact that it's beaming up into satellites and it tells me where I am in relation to everything else. Like that's, that is science fiction. I don't believe it. It doesn't happen. There you go. All right. Our fourth story from that kind of absolute science fiction, super cool Adams to time sheets. How come I get stuck with this one right after the super cool? Sorry, man. Frig. So I, I believe that timesheets are a pain. They're a pain to use and a pain to manage, but sometimes they are unfortunately a necessity. And uh, Freedom Telecare knows this, and they've released an update to their timesheet mobile app that includes something called Punch Prompt. 
And it's a location-based nudge, I would classify it as, a location-based nudge to remind workers to punch out, basically sign out, use the timesheets when they leave or come to a site. So it's a geofenced, uh, really cool little technology on the phone that, that basically alerts them if they have left and they haven't signed out. Now, Timesheets are in themselves outdated. I believe that there's a better way to do this than timesheets, right? So we're, we're attacking this from a problem of, this is an extension of a problem in timesheets. But maybe it's time to find out a better way or figure out a better way of doing these things without feeling like Big Brother is always kind of, well, I don't know, being Big Brother, lording over everyone. So I, while I applaud this approach, um, I often think that maybe if I was an employee that had to do timesheets and they implemented this feature into the app that I'm using, I would be somewhat insulted because I wouldn't look at it as me worrying about t signing out because you've left. It's more like, hey, where did you go for those 45 minutes this afternoon? So I yeah, think there's I mean, a balance like you'd here. Th you'd think that uh, you know they could just use the, the, the same technology. It's available to just track the employees all day long and like autofill the timesheet out if they still need a timesheet. Right? That's it. And, and it's much more accurate that way. And, and uh, if you add a beacon to the workplace, it, it makes it a little bit easier. There are better ways yeah. to do this. And there, and, yeah. and there are better ways to do this than make the employee feel like, you know, basically a bag of dirt um, as just a commodity. Because that doesn't yeah. always work. I mean, I think what you, you know, like they should be able to autofill out a timesheet using the same technology and then maybe send a push notification to, to confirm. The employee saying, can confirm, you know, here, here's what we, we, we track you today in terms of hours work, yeah. you know, yes or no. Um, There's so know, much that, more that can be done. Yeah, you know, it's about customer service and, you know, your, your employees, your customer too. Well, you know what, I, if you ever go to a, I mean, I, I get my uh, Mazda service at the Mazda dealership and I, and I was stunned is that I walked in and, and they actually have a punch card, like an old time machine, like a punch card. People walk in, ka-ching, ka-ching. Like, wow. If I yeah. ever, 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 no offense to the Mazda guys, but they did screw up my car continuously and they're continually screwing my car. So I really, what does it matter? But if I ever had to work at a place that required me to use a punch card, I would be long gone. I would torch that place. Anyways, if you want you more information about this, <laughs> timesheetmobile.com. And you too can be followed by Big Brother. Let's get off the right. story before I burn all the bridges <laughs> okay. that I've ever uh, made. Our fifth story uh, comes to us from The Gap uh, and something called the Summer Love Campaign. That's hashtag Summer Love uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, and so this is a multi-pronged uh, uh, marketing uh, campaign that's running this, this summer, obviously, uh, that includes Instagram, that includes um, geolocation technologies and all sorts of different kinds of things. So basically... They've got you know two sets of creative running uh, for this. They've got uh, you know their usual musical guests uh, you know contributing to this. Uh, Andra Day and Smith West Smith Westerns. These are people I don't know. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan of that. Did big you say fan Bruce of these guys. But I'm Bruce? sure they're great. Um, yeah, it's not Springsteen or the Stones. So, but um, anyhow, the uh, so, so, so these guys are, are part of the creative, obviously, in the music and so on that goes with this. They got banner ads running on the Associated Press News mobile sites uh, that in, include these 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 animations with with these hashtags Summer Love. And what happens is, is when you click on these ads, it helps you find the nearest store, pulls up a map, drives traffic to the stores. You can you can actually uh, see prices for for products right there. You can choose to go to the store based on the directions they're giving it to you. You can also buy online. So they've they've made it you know sort of you know, touching, you know, whether you want e-commerce or you want to actually go to the store, it's all kind of coming together there and they're using location and mobile uh, to do that. Um, 
they've um and and then you know so there's this whole Instagram piece as well which is you know sort of taking content that's coming from you know Instagram that they've created and content that other people are creating sort of on top of that and creating this sort of microsite you know summer themed you know summer love microsite thing going on as well uh, that kind of brings all that content together um, and the running an iPad campaign and bloggers and I mean like this thing just like it's like the weight row story it's like there's so much going on right there's so they, much how do they going keep on. in touch with what's it's, going on uh, it's exciting and it's but you know but finally what what I'm loving about both this and the and the weight row story is these guys are, are understanding now these brands are understanding that you know, it's not just about one technology or one, you know, uh, one small little campaign. It's, you know, let's we, we need to sort of, you know, tie all of our investments together and make them all sort of, you know, work with each other, right? And and be symbiotic. It's not just, you know, one thing at a time. Um, and that's so complex. Like, and that's the other thing is that, that it's not simple anymore, right? It is yeah. not simple. And it's not just about one thing across all medium. Every medium is yep. different. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about the gap yeah. a little bit longer. So this is—it's a three hundred million dollar investment it's crazy. Uh, that they're, over three years, a hundred million per year, basically that they're that they're spending on this digital uh, initiative. Well, this is—they're pioneering, and I—and we're going to ask a little bit later. It's one of the stories that we're going to focus on, but really around the fact that I look at Starbucks as the uh, you know the technology purveyor in the retail space and the fast food and the quick service restaurant, and is the gap going to be that equivalent in the retail space because they also are going to be testing a mobile point of sale technology which is very interesting as part of this 300 million dollar uh investment so we, we will we will be touching on that a little bit later okay ah all right our sixth story uh is around square unfortunately this company just uh can't get out of the news lately uh, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Square has dropped their mobile wallet app just this past week, and they're focusing on Order, which was the app that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that allows consumers to pre-order stuff and prepay for product and then be notified when it's ready to be picked up. Um, smart move, I think. We're going to be talking about this a little bit later as well. Um, it was in this this mobile wallet space is not defined. It's so competitive. It's not a natural mm. path from where, where what uh, Square's current business is, is. Trust me, it's not. And like all mobile wallets today, it is a solution in search of a problem. And that problem yeah. is not pervasive. As uh, we don't want to, we don't really need anything more to pay with stuff. We have cash and credit card. Until it's easier and better than that, we don't need it. So this might be a sign that they are getting smarter about the business that they're in, or perhaps a sign that the end is near. We're gonna be talking about that. You guys will have the ability to decide after that conversation. So Square drops wallet go. to focus on order. All right, and our seventh story uh, is about a company called SinglePoint, uh, which is a mobile uh, technology marketing company, and they've acquired a company called Drive Media Network. Uh, which is a uh, operator of digital signage, and I, you know this is an interesting story because we talk a lot about sort of the the coming together of mobile and then digital out of home. Usually, it's the digital out of home companies going and getting the mobile technology, not the mobile companies uh, buying the digital signage networks. Um, so this is kind of cool. It's kind of interesting, um, and, and I guess what's most interesting about this is digital um, di digital media. Uh, sorry, the drive media networks. Uh, network, the one that's being acquired, is is focused on medical uh, um, applications, and in particular, uh, they've got a bunch of these sort of cannabis distilleries um, on uh, on their network. 
which is really interesting. And so that's uh, we we know that you know given what's happening in Colorado and whatnot, it's a it's a growing, growing, fast growing market. And uh, apparently, no pun single intended. Single Point wants to uh, to get into that business uh, and, and sort of capture the mobile and digital out of home opportunity in that business. So there you go, an interesting acquisition. Very good. interesting is right. <laughs> yes, it's a smoking acquisition. Any other one? Well, I mean, to quote their CEO, uh, Ronald Gross, he says, "We're really excited by Single Point's vision to leverage our digital display expertise." Um, and as for yet untapped medical marijuana industry, which could potentially put our screens in thousands of legal dispensaries nationwide. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you know, people who smoke pot definitely need some entertainment. So they'll sit and watch those screens. Yeah. Wow. Is go. his last name Gross? Gro- gross. Gross. Okay, because that would have been so great. <laughs> yeah, that last- would have been hilarious. His last name was Gross. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. right. Our eighth story, WhatsApp. Applebee's, get it? What's Applebee's? You'll get it in a second. An independent app maker, his name is Mike Laser Walker. And as he says on his website, that is his last name. He did not change it. Laser Walker uh, has built an Applebee's-based social network. Now, this might sound weird because it really is. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, using his, uh, Using an iPhone app, patrons of Applebee's can have anonymous conversations with other patrons of Applebee's. The crux, the thing is that you have to be inside of an Applebee's to use the app. It uses location-based services to limit the use of the app, and you have to be inside of a known Applebee's restaurant. Seriously, I'm not yeah. joking. This is not yeah. a joke. So not, not only can you play NTN trivia, now yeah. you can strike up anonymous conversations with people in the restaurant. Inside, this is not a sanctioned app with that yeah. by Applebee's. But if you want some more information, and in fact, if you are uh, often at Applebee's enough to actually want to download an app and start talking to people, you can go to whatsapplebees.com. You see, now it's whatsapplebees.com for more information. All right, Mike Laser Walker, his real name, and that's a real app. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. All right. Our ninth story um, is is comes from a, a group out of Italy, actually, called uh, who built an app called Monkey Parking, uh, and they've they've targeted this to the San Francisco market, where, as they say, it's a seven by seven uh, mile square piece of land that uh, holds eight hundred thousand people, and parking is at a premium. So, because we all have something of value to sell, Rod, the whole world of collaborative commerce. Um, you know, when you when you do have one of those you know high you know valued premium parking spots, we want you to sit on it for a little while, and we want you to like put it up for a price. And 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 so when somebody you know sees, hey, you're willing to give up your parking spot for twenty bucks, you can do that. You can do the transaction, and uh, and you can make money from squatting on parking spots. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so I can just see it now. People, you know, people who don't have jobs but they have a car would just cruise around the city all day looking for open parking spots, and then they'll find one, they'll sit on it, and then they'll sell it, you know, to somebody else, and that's how they're going to make money. So basically, somebody comes along who's got the app, and yep. says, "I'm willing to spend five, ten, or fifteen, or twenty dollars on that space," and then the person who actually occupies that space and has the app then accepts, goes out and moves their car. Yes. Gives up there for twenty. That's bucks. exactly what it is. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Monkey parking. Monkey parking. Where where is monkeyparking.strikingly.com? 
Monkey parking. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything is for sale, my friends. You need Everything a pair of pants? That's our business, Asif. I need a pair of pants. I need a pair of pants. Yes. People, you may not know, Rob's sitting there with no pants on right now. <laughs> I need a pair of pants right now. <laughs> I'm willing to spend 20 bucks on some yeah. of these pants. Yeah. Meet me up front. All right. All right. So from the uh, ridiculous, which was what's Applebee's, to the interesting, which is a monkey parking, to the innovative? Uh, I don't know. Um, this is kind of a head scratcher. Starwood Hotels is in beta, uh, going through beta with their Google Glass app. Now this might sound cool, uh, and it, really, it might be. I'm not so sure. I haven't made up my mind yet. But it allows users to search for uh, basically SPG hotels. It allows them to book rooms. It allows them to get directions to the nearest hotel or see photos of the hotel. And of course, what everybody wants to do with photos of hotels is share them. Anyway, um, and it also actually allows you to access all your SPG information and like your uh, loyalty points and upcoming reservations. Uh, you know, I, I see, I like their moxie here. Uh, I like the fact that these guys are innovative. These were one of the companies that, uh, you know, dove headlong into uh, Second Life. Uh, it didn't mm -hmm. do them any good, but um, I think that they're focusing wholly and solely on the wrong functions for the glass. They don't understand what glass, the paradigm is of glass. It's not like the equivalent to a mobile app or a website that they can display information. And it seems to me like they're building this app around what they think or they would want their customers to use it for, not in fact, what their customers would use it for. The last thing on earth that you need is a, an ability to find a Starwood hotel from, a, mm -hmm. from an app on a on your face like that is definitely a mobile app and a mobile web thing not yeah. a google glass well, thing they, they, they do have to their credit they do have there's their some of their loyalty members testing this right now giving yeah. them feedback on it you know the one thing i you know i think is really interesting you know as google glass becomes more you know pervasive and and everyday consumer potentially has it or something like it yeah. um you know the the opportunity you have here i think is you know how many times you when you're looking for a hotel you go to the website and you see all those they got the little photo gallery and you kind of flip through that and that's kind of you know all you get to t see right yeah and with glass potentially you know you, you can have this full immersive experience not just of the hotel of the like city and everything Rift around it right yeah. I mean like so explore the city from your from your living room via glass and the hotel uh, and the property you know before you make you know before you get there or make the reservation or you know yeah, as you're you planning know, so I think see, that's you know the opportunity it might be but like the, you got to think like um, most people are doing the planning they don't land in a city and then have a glass have their glass on and, and want to do the planning from there it's it's much more well, that's what I'm saying do it from home before you make a reservation yeah but do it on the web yeah I, I understand I mean I understand that but this for me is a stretch like Starwood is doing this for publicity they're not doing this for the betterment of anything um, but you know what? I, but I can't fault them for that. Which is the, the, the this is the balance. Is that we've always talked about guys stepping out of the bounds of comfort mm. to innovate, and here's Starwood trying to do that, and I'm I'm disparaging them. But I, I just don't understand. I don't think that they understand the paradigm that is the glass or the wearable technology versus the mobile technology versus the web technology, because they're doing the exact same thing across all of them, and it requires a different perspective, a different thinking, and and that's right. all. So I don't want to disparage the fact that they're testing Google Glass. No, and kudos. I mean, you know, people should be out there testing this stuff as I agree. they are. I agree. Right? But it and would be interesting. Exploring what can be done with it. It would be interesting if they did something like um, 
facial recognition so that uh, you can check out via Google Glass, right? Uh, or they, they would do like um, unlocking doors via Google Glass, the way that Revolve mm -hmm. does it for, you know, um, turning lights yep. on with a hue and and, uh, and so on. So I think that there's really cool ways they could do it. And then there's this, which is a really lame way that they can do it. They have to try and they have to start. But I, like this, this is a non-story for me simply because it's just basically trying to put a website on a Google Glass and it's not, it's not functional. But kudos for them doing something just yes yeah there you and, go. and the fact that you can look at photos of hotels and and their big thing on their website because you can go to uh, spgforglass.com and you'll see all the features they say you can share them like who yeah. in the hell wants to share stock photos of hotels <laughs> oh my god see they don't yeah. get it that's what makes me think that they don't get it but um, you know that's just me all right all right, those are the 10 stories. Whoa, some great ones in there. Some not so great ones, some controversial ones. What do you think? If we missed your story, that's your fault. Reach out at robotontether.tv or asif at the lbma.com or asif Arcon on Twitter or Rob Woodbridge on Twitter. You can reach us many ways. Give us your story. We'll put it in one of those top 10 stories and uh, we will talk about it. Just be careful. We may talk well about it or we may talk poorly about it. That's up to us. That's a power we have. It is a <laughs> maniacal laugh. Um, I want to uh, quick, do a quick uh, call out before we jump into our three stories. And the three uh -huh. stories that we're going to be focusing on a little bit deeper are uh, we're going to look at maybe could Gap become with that $300 million fund that they put aside for this digital world that they're trying to uh, trying to create. Um, could they become the retail version of Starbucks, which is an interesting and it's a compliment to the Gap if they can do that. Uh, we're going to look at Square and uh, perhaps the end of mobile wallets. And we're going to look at this Applebee's when patrons take over. What should Applebee's do? But before we do those stories... I want to say thank you to Kirk Davies. He's an Ottawa boy, just like me. I spoke at a local college here, and he remembered me from the college. He actually jumped onto Patreon and became a patron of Untether.tv. Sent me an email exchange. It's actually very funny, Asif, is that apparently um, he said, uh, you know, I saw you at this, uh, you know, you, you were having breakfast with some guys a couple of day, weeks ago, and I saw you. Was that you? And I said, yes, it was me. You should have come up and saved me. He said, you know, you look much younger in real life than I do on the screen. So he said, I look old on the screen. I'm like, I don't know how to take that as a compliment. I suppose if he said you much look much older in real life, that, uh, anyway, he is a patron on patreon.com forward slash untether. We thank Kirk for, uh, for doing that. And you guys can do it as well. We believe in the value for value model. If you find value in what we're providing, why not contribute some of it back? It's all we're asking a buck, two, 10, 15, 100, 20, what, whatever you want to, whatever you think you can. And even if you can't just you know give us a five-star rating on itunes that's our currency as well but if you can make a small donation go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash untether and you will make a mark a lasting mark on this podcast we really appreciate yeah. it all right Asif, what can about this that book? other thing too yeah that book that book thing that book thing yeah so close so close people uh -huh. places media yes yeah. go sign up go up We'll give you a chapter. We'll send you the, the table of contents. We're very excited about getting this out to you guys. Um, and it's very close. So peopleplacesmedia.com. Sign up, leave your email there, and we will send you the first chapter for free. Soon. Soon. It's hard to write very, a book. Man. Very, very soon. It is very hard to write a book. Yeah. Um, and, and I do uh, one other shout out. I want to shout out to um, a guy named Ryan Summer. Uh, he's uh, doing a lot of PR. And Corey Bishop for a, a new app um, that's Kind of just coming out right now. It's called uh, Shop Drop. 
Um, and it's kind of really about, you know, your favorite local clothing stores and kind of being alerted to uh, when things are on sale and so on. But check it out. Shopdropapp.com uh, is, is where you want to go. Um, and thanks, guys, for, uh, for bringing it to uh, my attention and sharing, uh, sharing it with us. Shop Drop app. Yeah. Are they a Canadian company? Are they? Uh... No, they're uh, New York. Okay. Shop Drop app. All right, uh, Steve, our three stories. Let's jump into this. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested in, in this, what The Gap is doing. Maybe not so much about the summer uh, thing initiative that they're doing, but it's a good example of this kind of total immersive, multi-channel, multi-screen, multi-everything, multi-social yep. channel uh, piece and mobile. Um, but the big question here is, is, it seems like The Gap is willing to invest uh, I had um, uh, Chuck on for a mobile minute last week, and we talked about the lack of investment that most retailers are doing in mobile alone, where the majority of them aren't even spending a hundred grand this coming year in mobile. And there's some visionaries that are spending more than half a million, maybe up to a million dollars, but they're very few. And it seems to me that the Gap is one of these companies that is willing to put some money into understanding and exploring this channel, and and hopefully getting it right. And I wonder, could they become? The version, the, the you know, the canary like Starbucks is in the quick serve industry. Could they become the canary for the retail industry for what they're doing with this three hundred million dollars? Have we ever seen this kind of money being put into it like this? No, I mean this this is serious money, right? Um, you know, this as you, I mean, you just define it. Most brands are spending you know less than ten percent of their budget, um, you know, on mobile uh, first of all, and uh, to throw this kind of money over a three year period, three three hundred million dollars. You know, into digital is uh, is really really interesting, and you know, part of this is is I think that there there's big competition coming um, to, to these guys right now. Um, the uh, the Uniqlo guys out of Japan have been in the news everywhere because they're on record basically saying, look. We're, we are going to be the absolute biggest retailer in the world in terms of footprint, uh, you know, uh, in terms of product, uh, you know, set. They compete right there with Old Navy Gap. I mean, that's their, you know, that that's their target market. Um, and and they're, they've stated, I mean, they've already opened a couple of stores in the U.S., but they're, like, their plan is to be, you know, in every market possible in the U.S., Canada, and all over the world. Uh, and, and they're, like, they're they're rapidly, uh, you know, putting putting new stuff into the, uh, into the U.S. market. So, you know, I think Gap is looking at it going. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna stay competitive, if we're gonna stay uh, you know on top of things, we need to be there from a technology perspective. That's what's going to keep us ahead. You know, it's not going to be on product um, because the, our products are going to be similar. Um, and you know, it, it may not even be on customer service, but on technology, uh, you know, we might be able to win. Yes. You no. Know? And, and and I think I think that's from a point of view of. You know, a Uniqlo, for example, that is is in expansion mode has to put a lot of money into building out stores, right? And and doing all that, like Target's doing here in Canada and losing you know a billion dollars in the first year. Um, so while these companies are going through their their footprint build uh, to kind of compete with an established player like the Gap, or and and you know the rest of the family of Banana Republic and Old Navy and so on, um, you know the way you stay ahead is by innovating on technology, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and the focus has to be for these guys, for The Gap, and, and anybody with an established base in North America um, and fighting this kind of battle uh, is to keep your existing customers happy. 
right? To bring them back in. And that's where mobile can be a huge part, play a huge part for, for the gap and their email campaigns. And I've r railed on their email campaigns, still the same. Like they, they don't, they haven't gotten that part. So maybe out of all of this investment, they come up with that unified approach that is is uh, not unified in, in messaging, but unified so that, that they understand what the email group is doing, what the mobile group is doing, what the web group is doing, and what the social group is doing. And they bring it all together because they have to. And the big interesting piece to this is part of that announcement, and I got it right here, is that they were talking about uh, the Gap said it would also test a mobile point of sale technology that will be part of the new loyalty program that the retailer plans to test later this year. So, uh, you know, point of sale technology, to me, this is really about a loyalty play. And uh, I wonder if they get into um, payments. I wonder if how they, you know, what what yeah. that means from from a from a loyalty standpoint. Well, I mean, and they do they they have a strong loyalty program. They do, as it is, right? So it, it's about making that more mobile, making that more location based. Yeah, but you know? their loyalty program is is is. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I'm part of it because I'll never play pay MSRP for yeah. any well, anything. I mean, right? Yeah, so, and no, but 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 they but that's all built into their model, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so. and that's the loyalty program. And you sign up for their email list, and it's very it's it's laid back loyalty. And I wonder how much they amplify their loyalty program uh, with this point of sale stuff because I, I believe in this, like giving away discounts just because just to get you in the store. I mean, for example, they had a forty yep. percent off they had a forty percent off sale last week on jeans. That's what draw, drew me in. I mean, I bought one pair of jeans and I left. So I'm not a really good example yeah. of, of, of uh, a loyal but customer. But remember, too, it's not just what they're doing on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to what we talked about last week, right? You got guys like Living Social with Stampede that are yeah. taking, you know, Gap's offers and driving traffic to that from a mobile platform. Yeah. You've got guys, you know, uh, like Retail Me Not, uh, you know, with their platform where Gap's, you know, all of Gap's stuff is sitting on, on that platform as True. well. So there are lots of other pieces that, you know, help drive the traffic there. You know, it's the loyalty piece that needs to get plugged into into all right. of that to right. make it kind of, you know, be more cohesive in terms of, of being making sure that they capture and reward and, uh, you know, and ultimately to your very first comment, it, you know, customer service. Well, you know, it's um, they should look at uh, President's Choice and, and the way that they're doing their, their loyalty play as a, as a good example. And perhaps yeah. perhaps they, they can make that transition. But uh, this fascinating gap could gap become the Starbucks of the retail industry, which would be very interesting. It's possible. Wow. All right. Uh, the second story we want to look at here is about our good friends Square and uh, their decision. I don't know if it's controversial or not. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of outrage um, about killing their mobile wallet. But I want to maybe elevate this a little bit and, and ask: Does this mean that the, the mobile wallet? Is no longer of any relevance, and is that done? Does it, or is this just a simple case that the Gap a bit off, or the Gap that Square bit off more than they could chew with the mobile wallet, and they were ignoring it anyway? So why why continue it? Or is their other product that much better than what the mobile wallet is? No, I, I think this is you know not that different than our Foursquare conversation from mm -hmm. the other week. This is about trying to find relevance in a very crowded market. Um, you know, there's a lot of players coming into this, in, into the mobile payment space. The big guys are all lining up now, you know, as in the carriers and the credit card companies. And, you know, uh, and even I just starting to get a little bit of traction in the U.S. So, um, you, you know, it, it's, uh, it's looking for relevance. And now you say, hey, well, we're going to focus on order, which is, you know, Grubhub's backyard. Um, you know, and we know Grubhub's, you know, d doing really well in that space. So, you know, it, it's... Uh, for me, this is, you know, I hate to say it, it's, it's almost like it's the last-ditch effort again, like yeah. I said yeah. with Foursquare the other week. 
you know, where, you know, we need to find relevance, we need to find something that, you know, we can actually, you know, tackle a market. And, and maybe it's about, okay, you know, we, we tried a bunch of things, this worked, that didn't work, um, you know, there's some value in, in what we've got in the order, you know, platform, uh, and maybe that value is for somebody like a Grubhub to come and say, okay, you got a bunch of customers, you got a bunch of people using your platform, your price point's very similar, 8% or whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, um, to, to what Grubhub charges, and, you know, maybe there's a, you know, there's some sort of mashup merger. Yeah, well, why don't they just go and do that? I don't know. Like, why is it all, you know, the, the problem that I see with Silicon Valley is that it's, it's like this. Everybody's in their own business, right? Everybody else's business. It's like Foursquare is trying to get into Yelp, and Yelp is doing a magnificent... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, but see, Rob, I mean, you, you just said the key words. It's not about, you know, are we in the same product business as somebody else? It's about, do we have the same venture capital partners yeah, as somebody else? I see. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, to me, this is a, like a clash of, of uh, too many companies fighting after the you know the table scraps of, of this kind of thing, and, and they're always more powerful if they just decide. Like if Square says we're going to get into this business, then make a serious don't 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 squander your last nine yeah. months of life by by screwing around and and. But if you're going to be in this business. Like get into this business. Like go and buy that company, right? Yeah. Go and buy Grubhub. Go whatever it takes. Be aggressive. Go and buy that company. And if Grubhub doesn't want to sell, whatever. But like you know, go and find companies. Don't try to recreate this crap because it's never going to be as good. You've got to unseat an, an established competitor who is way better and has more money and has put more money into their efforts. And that's the thing with this is that. You know, I think they did a half-assed job on mobile wallets. I think that they've done an exceptional job in the payment processing, but yes. we know that the margins there are terrible, and it's not a really business, a defensible business. So yeah. they did a great job on it in an industry, as we said before, that has no margin, that, that, that there is no industry, because it will get destroyed by the incumbents at some point when they wake up. So go and find it. Now, they tried it with wallets. They've tried it with a marketplace. Didn't work. Wallets didn't work. So for me, Open's not going to work, because they're, they're four years behind Grubhub. In, in, in customers, in partners, in retailers, in established revenue models. So go and commit and go and buy them or go and buy somebody. But don't try to build this yourself because Square, you can't build shit. You haven't, except for this one thing that is doesn't have a business model. So I have a problem with, with this. And it's yeah, the same it, thing with Foursquare. It's losing money. Well it's, well, it's the same thing with Foursquare. I don't believe that Foursquare can do this with their recent, I mean, Swarm is now out there. Yeah, I know, I, you know, I downloaded I'm not gonna, it. But why? Like, but no, no, I downloaded it and I couldn't get it. Like I didn't, I don't see the value. Yeah, there's no value. And and so all of these guys, you know, if you want to get into that space, go and find somebody who's in that space. And, and, and I don't care if it's in Lincoln, Nebraska. If there's the leader in Lincoln, Nebraska, it's better than what you're doing right now. So go and buy that company and start from there. Anyway. Agreed. Oh, rant. Wow, I'm sorry. Just drives me crazy. Commit. Don't be all wishy-washy like this. All Square, right. you're better than this. All right. Do you want to take this Applebee's thing? <laughs> what happens? What our third? What well, happens when yeah. patrons take over, like this? So, what's Applebee's is what we're talking about again. What's Applebee's? Uh, you know, this thing created by uh, New York guy Mike Lazar Walker. Uh, by the way, it's iOS only. I don't know if we said that earlier. No. Um, not that you'd want it on. on Android. <laughs> not that you want it on Android. But it, this is interesting. I mean, this you know, it's that whole discussion about. You know your brand. Uh, you know your corporate image. Your brand. Uh, you know who's in control of it. 
you know, we saw this in the early days of Twitter, you know, where, you know, people were saying stuff about your brand on Twitter and, and then, you know, the lawyers, you know, the sort of corporate counsel gets involved internally and says, no, 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 don't respond. You know, we need to we need to vet every tweet that comes out from the company, and you know we got to put our disclosure and you know yeah, um, you know, and then everybody had to like put on their Twitter profiles that it's their personal Twitter profile and it doesn't reflect the company at all, and all these, uh, you know, all this stuff. And now you have sort of you know, guy just goes and creates an app and says, hey, if you're at an Applebee's right now, you know, I've created a social network here, and you can talk to other people at Applebee's, and uh, it's got nothing to do with Applebee's, so. That's the interesting piece, man. Like, yeah, but but you can't stop that, nope. right? You know, you can't stop that, and 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 it's not, you know, it's not. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, Applebee's is in the name of the brand, but other than that, um, you know, of the app, you know, other than that, it's this is, you know, it's not an Applebee's thing, and it's it's just for people who happen to be at an Applebee's. And you know when I was, you know, when I saw so when I saw this story, you know, I went back to my my previous startup, the the Wi-Fi company I built. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that we were doing, you know, in addition to Wi-Fi, at, you know, S Starbucks and McDonald's and places like that, was putting Wi-Fi in stadiums, and in, in sporting arenas, and um, it was an interesting thing because we were in a situation where, you know, we we have, for example, up here in Canada, for those of you who don't know, uh, something called the CFL, the Canadian Football League. This is American-style football. It's still around. Slightly, slightly different rules. And um, so we, we actually um, we put Wi-Fi in one of the CFL stadiums. And it was really interesting because, you know, we were obviously trying to, you know, it was free for, for people to use, but we had to sell advertising on it. And then you have, like, all these sort of, you know, as you do in all sports, you know, these, these sponsors, right? You know, Coke is the official, uh, you know, soda beverage of, of the NHL. And, you know, this one is, you know, the official beer. Budweiser is the official beer and this, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? So you have these sort of, you know, built-in, you know, advertisers and sponsor networks, right? But then you also have this opportunity where uh, you have other brands who are competitive. So Budweiser is the official beer, but Heineken, you know, wants in there. Well, all of a sudden, I've created a, a network in, inside the stadium that is like sort of over the top, right? Like Netflix. And, and, and you know, here's an opportunity for Heineken to come in and sort of under the breath, if you will, of the, the official sponsors you know, have a chance to uh, to reach the audience because at the time nobody thought about the airwaves, you know, as as real estate, right? They, it wasn't like a billboard that I could buy, or you know, a signboard that I could buy, or field advertising that I could buy. The airwaves were weren't considered, you know, part of the the real estate, and and so nobody looked at that from a sponsorship perspective. And so when I think about this story, I'm like, I'm sitting here going. What you know? What is what does Applebee's actually own? Right? You know, is there a ruling here that you know the you know the air inside of that building? <laughs> the, you know, sort of the you know of what's going on, uh, what flows across it, uh, what happens in it. Is is that any of their right? Right? I mean, if I'm sitting at a table and I turn around and I have a conversation with the guy next to me at the table across you know the, the way because I overheard something he said, should Applebee's be able to stop that? No, absolutely not. You know, so. Obviously, this is a little bit more organized and a little bit more thing, and it happens to be called what's Applebee's. But you know, so so for me, that's the only offense here. Well, you you know, you brought up so many good points in there. Is that uh, you're right, and and companies are doing this right now, because for example, when you launch a mobile application that has ads that's ad supported, it may be targeting your location and displaying yeah. a competitive b uh, banner ad inside of that app, and Applebee's has no clue that that's going on. 
So, you know, there are some more subversive ways or even, you know, uh, what was that? Uh, geobombing? That was the other one. Yeah. Um, where, where people were, you know, they knew you were in that store and that in that restaurant and they would give you some ridiculous discounts to go to Perkins across the street. Right. So like yeah, this, yeah. this is happening already. And, and the fact that Applebee's um, this is overt and, and front and center and in their face and they're not trying to hide it. And it's, it's about bringing a community together inside of Applebee's. I still think it's a ridiculous idea, but if I'm Applebee's, what do I do at this point? Do I, I must, I'm, I have to embrace this. You have to embrace it. You got to build it, you know, build it into your app and, and bring it in. Um, it's really the only thing you can do. I mean, especially if, if people start jumping on this yeah. thing and using it, right? Are I mean, there if people? I don't know. If it's two people, uh, you know, then forget about it. But, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean but, but it's no different. I mean, when you think about places like Applebee's and other similar, uh, you know, restaurant bar uh, situations like that, I mean, when you're sitting at the bar, the sports bar in these places, and you're watching, you know, the the, the broadcast, the TV of, this, of the whatever game is on, yeah. and then it goes to commercial. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, while you're sitting at the Applebee's bar, you see a commercial for uh, Ruby Tuesday. You know, or or whatever it is, um, you can't stop that either, can That's you? True. It's That's just true. part of the broadcast. They already but, sold that advertising, right? So, but you, I mean, you don't like it because it's your competitor that's showing up on a TV in your bar. It is what, what it is. What happens when what happens when when Mike decides to monetize? Yeah, well, like when he decides to put, you know, as you were talking about the CFL the stadium. Um, yeah. What happens when Mike decides one day? Well, I'm going to throw ads up there. I'm going to throw ads. I'm going to bring in uh, you know other sponsors. I'm going to I'm going to try to turn this into a revenue if I get enough people in there. At, at what point does does it become a legal challenge that Applebee's actually does have because he's they're making money off of the air, not so much the air, but the place that they are. And, yeah, but, and, but see, and that's where I say like it's it's a simple decision for me if I'm Applebee's. Yeah, you simply look at it and go, how many people are actually doing this thing? If there's enough people doing this thing, we just build it into our own app. We've already got a great app. You know, let's layer it on. Yeah, it's, it's such it's so fascinating because this stuff, you know what? I'm so glad I didn't go through school now because, you know, it, we did business and it was kind of two-dimensional business, right? This is something that it's it's like six-dimensional business with all of the stuff that they have to deal with. And we've seen it with what the Gap is doing. It sounds it's, like quantum positioning. It's no, quant it is. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm damn sure that there, there's got to be something like super cool atoms involved in all yeah. of this and lasers simply because when you start to think about like the things that uh, Weight Rose is doing, you start to think about what the things that Gap are doing just to remain competitive in this industry. It is never one thing. It is never two things. It's six things all at once with different, you know, different uh, everything, different creative, different uh, distribution mechanisms, different, in, you know, incentives. Like it is a, it is a confusing world out of there. And that's why we do this each and every week. So we can unconfuse. I get confused, but hopefully you leave less confused than you came in. I don't know. Those are the three stories. Incidentally, uh, Ottawa does have a CFL team. This is their first year back after a, a number of years of hiatus. Um, it is the only league that used to have two teams. You have a nine-team league. Have the two teams named the same thing. There was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Ottawa Rough Riders. Is Go it going to last the Rub? That's the real question. Well, I think that they're building an entire stadium uh, down there, Lansdowne. It's beautiful. And uh, the only challenge I have is that they called themselves the Red Blacks, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Terrible, terrible, What does terrible that mean? Name. What is a red? What is a red black? Well, the red black, red and black were the Ottawa, the original Ottawa Rough Rider colors. Okay. So red blacks, right? But uh, everybody obviously went to the race card right away because uh, we are have a high density in Canada of Native American population, and uh, it just did not sit well with a lot of people. But they went with it anyways. We are the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, based on the colors. 
not on the color of the skin. It's a terrible, terrible name, uh, terrible branding, terrible everything, but uh, we do have a CFL team that's not called the Rough Riders. Anyways, those are the three stories. All right. Could Gap become the retail version of Starbucks? Does Square, does this mean the end of the mobile wallet or to the end of Square? And also, uh, what does Applebee's do when there's uh, patrons take over? They sit, stage a sit-in virtually with this mobile app, Apple, uh, you know, yeah, Applebee's. All right, last thing before we go to fly, the resource of the week. Mobile technology is changing the way we live. And I would agree, Asif. <laughs> you think? Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so a little infographic here. It's got some good stats in it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's called the next big thing, mobility, in quotes. <laughs> um, ha, ha, ha. Um, and it's based on uh, mobile first uh, uh, from uh, Google. And um, so it's got a bunch of stats in here. 67% of smartphone users are checking their phones for messages, calls, or alerts when they didn't find their phone ringing or vibrating. That's me right there. Uh, um, yeah, that's an interesting stat. 87% of people use mobile now to listen to music. Huh? Really? <laughs> um, okay. What does that mean? Uh, access the internet uh, on their mobile device when they're traveling. Yes, that's me. Um, and uh, there is a, there is some location stuff in here. So 36% of shoppers search for store locations on their phone to go shopping and dining on every weekend. Yes. There you go. So right. some good stats in here. There's some good stats. And, you know, I found like a, a bunch of typos in there, too. <laughs> just It's one yeah, of these things, right? I see that. I, I just tried to uh, autocorrect. As <laughs> <I was> <laughs> really, yeah, so. uh, you, know, you know, there's some good numbers in there. Um, you just kind of gloss over the spelling mistakes. Where can people find that? Uh, you can find it at the thelbma.com forward slash research. Right. That's spelled research properly. Right? Yes. Research without a typo. Indeed. All right, that is all the time we have for this show, episode number 182. What a bang-up show. I can't believe we did it so quickly and gave you so much information. And if you found value, value for value, hit up patreon.com forward slash untether and leave what you can. It could be a buck. could be two bucks, whatever it might be. And, of course, sign up for our mailing list at peopleplacesmedia.com for our upcoming book. Let's see what else. Is that it? It's all you got. Man, oh, man. Done. All right, we will be back for episode number 183 next week. Until then, folks, have a safe week, and we'll see you next time. Later, Steve. Enjoy Panama, Please. man. Enjoy Amsterdam. Yeah, but uh, tan the rest, you know, your upper arm. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. All right. See you later, everybody.